Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Like everything with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even the NFL draft, you have to consider Tom Brady. Because, um, believe it or not, he's going to have an impact on the Bucks' decisions, and you know, Jason Light was asked this the other day in sort of his pre-draft press conference about Brady and his impact. And obviously Brady had more of an immediate impact on free agency, right? He announced the day before free agency that he was returning from his retirement, such as it was 40, 41 days. And that, of course, probably helped them immeasurably because guys like Ryan Jensen and Carlton Davis and, and others were certainly more prone to return to Tampa Bay. They didn't get hometown discounts by any means, but they knew what was at stake. They knew coming back they'd have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And so, um, and that was Tom's intent, was he wanted to keep as many good players with him as possible if he was going to play again, and he had decided to do so. So what's his impact on the draft? Well, um, we're going to talk about the NFL draft, about what the Bucks might do at number 27. Um, but in the short term, you know, Brady isn't one of those guys that goes into Jason Light's office about this, right? Like he's he's not banging the drum. Maybe for some free agents, we've seen that obviously with Leonard Fournette. We certainly saw it with Antonio Brown and and some others. Gronk clearly was you know was a, a Tom Brady creation and getting them to trade for his rights from the Patriots when he joined up with the Bucks. But with respect to the to the draft, he does not watch enough college football film to know who's good and who's not. Um, but I would say this, Steve, if, if you're Tom Brady and you're playing one more year and everybody in that organization is as all in as, as they certainly should be, I don't think they're buying green, green bananas. In other words, I think that whomever they take, especially early in the draft, 27 second round on, um, has got to has got to have an impact on them as a rookie, like this year. You know, a year ago they took Joe Tryon Shoinka at thirty two, okay, and while while he had an impact, Jason Pierre Paul was going to be the starter. There was no doubt about that. Now, as it turns out, Pierre Paul got hurt fairly early, fairly significantly. Tryon had to play a lot sooner, and maybe wasn't quite as prepared as he needed to be. But the plan was never we're gonna we're gonna draft this guy and he's gonna be our starter because we really need him right now right away. Um, the same certainly was true with Kyle Trask. I mean they they used the, the the first or the last pick in the second round on a quarterback who was never gonna see even a uniform or a helmet, much less the field. So they didn't help Tom Brady that way, right? They didn't. Those were picks sort of for the future. Uh, like I said, JTS did play uh, his best game was in New England. Had a couple sacks. But it was only pressed into service because he was injured. This year, I think it's different. I think it's different because they need impact players right away. And if you just look at sort of the positions they need them at, um, one would be offensive guard because Ali Marpet retired, although they're very happy with Aaron Stinney. Um, the other one, you just sort of look at it and say, you know, 
they didn't re-sign Indomitian Sue. We're going to get into the defensive tackle position. There's an absolute hole there. I mean, they, they, they chose to re-sign Will, William Golston, but they want to get younger at that position. Uh, also, wide receiver we're going to get into because what does Tom Brady need? What did he need last year? You know, what, what kind of fell apart with injuries to Chris Godwin, whom we don't know when or if he's going to be ready um, exactly at the start of the season? And they were pulling guys off the practice squad. They were pulling Brashard Perriman off the waiver or off the street. So you don't want to find yourself in that situation again. Um, so I, I think everything the Bucks do has to be with one eye to winning right now, don't you? I agree. I mean, and I don't think, you know, whoever they take at 27 has to be a starter necessarily. Right. But it's someone you think can make an impact immediately, whether it's a receiver that's going to add depth particularly if Chris Godwin isn't ready sure, or a tight end that, you know, perhaps Gronk is back and he's starting and you still have Cam Brate, but it's going to be someone that you, that's going to play for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not taking development projects this year, uh, particularly in the first four rounds, let's say, right. Maybe a fifth, sixth rounder. You might take one because you still that's have right. to look at the future too, but this may be your last go around with Tom Brady probably is. Mm-hmm. And, you know what options you have at quarterback after that we'll see but it's not going to be as good as Tom Brady cuz he's the goat so right you know everything you do in this draft is going to be geared towards can they make an impact on this team this year to help us win a super bowl cuz you're all that's, in that's right. that's right and and i think that with every team you know i i've always said this about free agency when you get to this point of the off season when you get to the nfl draft you want to look at your team and say, and you do this for a couple of reasons. You want to look at your team and say, if we go out with this roster right now, the whatever number of guys they got, 70 guys or whatever, you know, they can get as many as 90 for the regular season. But let's say we took our best 53 that we have under contract before the draft right now. What kind of football team are we? In other words, do we have any glaring weaknesses? Is there a spot where we go, we can't line up and beat anybody because we're missing this position? And the answer, I think, is no. I, I think they've done a pretty good job, um, certainly in free agency. If you look at the positions, right, um, mentioned receiver, they went out and got Russell Gage. Well, Russell Gage is a guy who can play anywhere. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. So if, if Chris Godwin, for some reason, isn't ready, you've got a veteran wide receiver who's been very productive with Atlanta, had 50 catches or more uh, the second half of last season. And I, I think they're very comfortable with that. If you look at their offensive line and you said, well, Ali Marpet is gone, right? Um, but they still got Aaron Stinney, who played you know three of the four postseason games, including the Super Bowl a year ago, uh, and also Robert Hainsey, who they drafted out of Notre Dame that can play center or guard that they really, really like. And so you have a competition there, at least. Um, you know, uh, so I, I think they've covered themselves in some areas, safety position, right? You lost Jordan Whitehead, um, but you you sign you know you sign Logan Ryan, you know, um, and, and you've got you, you've added some veteran safeties, Keanu Neal, um, that can come in and can play. Um, you know, the cornerback position, we re-signed Carlton Davis, and that that was really important. You've still got Jamal Dean, you still got Sean Murphy Bunting, so. You know, barring some injuries, and, and they, they got some depth last year because of it, um, you can play there. You can start the season 
and feel pretty comfortable with a veteran-laden team um, that you're going to compete. Now, you know, the one position, and we'll get into this as well, is tight end because there literally is only two on the roster. You can't line up and play with these two guys necessarily, or nor would you really want to for very long. You know, Cam Brait, 30, 31 years old, primarily, almost exclusively a wide receiver type, uh, receiving type tight end. Um, you know, uh, McElroy is, is a guy that has one catch in his career, Cody. Uh, and, and so while he can play there, he's largely inexperienced, which leads me to believe that they might have some intel on what Gronkowski's really going to do. Or if the Bucks go for a tight end early in the draft, maybe they, maybe they know that he's not going to play or have a pretty good feeling. But regardless, even if he does play, it's just for one year. So it's still a position to need. Um, but you could line up there if you had to um, and play a game. I think the Bucks have done a pretty good job of sort of filling out their roster with the free agents that they, that they had. They, they re-signed, like I said, most of the premier ones. We, you know, I mean, in terms of Jason Pierre-Paul is still coming off the shoulder injury. Well, Joe Tryon is going to be their guy. They're going to put him at outside linebacker. Um, and, and to do that, you can't have Jason Pierre-Paul looming on this football team. Uh, not to mention his age and the fact that he's missed a lot of games because of injuries. So, you know, you, you clear the deck sometimes for certain players by not re-signing other players. And that's what brings me to Sue. And what's interesting about Sue is he's going to be, he's, 30, well, he's 35 years old right now. And they had, you know, him and William Golston out there as free agents. And they re-signed Golston, who's five years younger. He's 30 Signed him to a one-year deal, $4.5 million. He essentially can play inside next to Vita Bay if he needs to with Sue. And what Jason Light said, you remember he said, we left the, the light on for Tom Brady? Well, they left the door open for guys like Sue and Gronk, right? Um, I think they have more intel probably on Gronk, but we'll see. Maybe Gronk really will retire. But in the meantime, by not re-signing Sue, this is what's known in the business as a tell, okay? I mean, a couple of things. You know, in addition to his age, Sue has never missed a football game in his career. It's unbelievable. The guy's played, what, 12 years or something like that. Never missed a game. So he's available. Now, he doesn't practice much. He has his own routine in the offseason, but it works for him. Um, is he the same guy he was three years ago when they got him? No. But he still had six six sacks last year, which is about his average for his career um, per season, which is pretty good. And next to Vita Vea, he's still a main cog in that defense. It's been the best against the run overall the last three years. I think they were third last year, first the previous two years. So he's still a, a viable player, or at least was last season. But he's not going to play for free. You know, he he's averaged over $9 million a year ever since he's been here, and it's been a series of one-year contracts. Um, they just signed Vita Vea last year uh, to a four four year seventy one million dollar extension. Um, so you would love to sort of clear a space in case a first round pick falls to you uh, at number twenty seven. And the defensive tackle position is not deep to say the very least, but there are some guys that might be down in that range, and it just depends on kind of how it falls and. You know, one of the guys, and we've gone through all the mock drafts, obviously, and looked at who's been part of their 30 visits. 
Uh, and there's a several players that uh, that have done that at the defensive tackle position. And I think one or all of these guys might be worthy of the 27th pick and have seen them actually in mock drafts, you know, attached to the Bucks. So we'll start with Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, the defensive tackle, 6'3", 304. Here's the thing about Wyatt. When you play on a defensive line or on a defense as talented as the Bulldogs was, you can get lost in a crowd, man, because uh, they got Jordan Davis, who who is a monster, right? 6'6", 340, uh, maybe one of the best players in the draft. Not maybe, but is. Um, there's also uh, Javon Walker, who played defensive tackle and defensive end. He's probably a top five pick. Um, so Wyatt you know, might not, and then, of course, they have a linebacker too, but Wyatt might not be that guy that pops to mind when you think about Georgia's defense, but he's – He's really kind of burst onto the scene um, at the, at the Senior Bowl in Alabama. He was terrific. He, he showed some real pass rush ability, and that's something that maybe didn't pop on tape in Georgia's scheme or whatever. Um, but he has rare he has rare uh, athletic ability, rare strength. And at the combine, this cat now now you know consider six three three zero four. He ran the forty in four point seven seven seconds. I mean. That's a that ought to have a license plate on it when you're that big and you're that fast. Um, he was kind of known as kind of a run stopper. You put him next to Vita Vea, and and he becomes increases his ability to brush the passer along the way because there's a big upside there. That might be the way to go. And if they went that way uh, with him or any of these guys, we're going to talk about. Does it make sense to bring Sue back because? You're not bringing back an eight or nine million dollar player and not starting him and not playing him, right? So what happens to a guy like Wyatt who now just becomes a rotational, rotational guy? I don't think that's the intent. Um, another guy that they've had in for their one of their top thirty visits is uh, Logan Hall, who defensive tackle, some defensive end in the three four at Houston. Different body type. This guy's six six, and he's two eighty three, so a little light. Lighter, if you will. Um, but he played primarily defensive tackle for the Cougars. Uh, he also could slide to a DN, like I said, in a 3-4. Um, but what a playmaker. And, um, you know, he was all American Athletic Conference, six and a half sacks, had uh, 13 and a half tackles for loss in 13 games, and that that led the team. Um, and he's got long arms, I mean, as, as most 6-6 six, six guys would. Knows how to shed blocks. Uh Probably, uh, you know, with him, the only thing I would say about Hall is I I think he might be a guy you'd want to have in a rotation as opposed to, hey, this is your position, go get him, Tiger. Like, he probably needs a little bit more work, um, but absolutely can impact you pretty quickly. Uh, Another guy that they brought in at defensive tackle for top 30 visit was Perrion Winfrey. 6'3 290 out of Oklahoma. And... He's, he was kind of a late bloomer. He transferred to Oklahoma after two years at Iowa Western Community College. Uh, but, man, another another great athlete, 4.8940. Um, his production, he filled up the stat sheet at Oklahoma, 42 tackles, 17 for loss, six sacks, three passes defensed. Uh, and you want to talk about a senior bowl player. And it's important when you get to the senior bowl because you're going up against the best of the best. Now, he played at Oklahoma, so – Maybe less so for him because there was plenty of tape against you know Big Twelve teams and whatnot. But he dominated the Senior Bowl 
in practice and the game. He was named the Senior Bowl MVP after he had, uh, in that game, five tackles, three tackles for loss, and two sacks. So like Wyatt and Hall, he also made one of the top uh, 30 visits. Um, there's other guys that, uh, you know, if they get to the middle rounds or get past the first round, that might make sense at that position. Uh, Fedarian Mathis out of Alabama. Uh, that's a football factory there, of course, with Nick Saban. He had nine sacks last year uh, for Alabama. Big wide body, long arms. Uh, guy named uh, Neil Farrell Jr. from LSU. Uh, middle rounds, probably third or fourth round type of guy. We know they love LSU defensive players. Really quick first step. Um, another guy that uh, probably needs to work on his feet and kind of his you know little short area quickness type thing. He didn't do very well in the three cone drill at, at the Senior Bowl, um, but he's he's still you know productive from a from a big time program. I think what you're looking for guys that show up on tape uh, against the better schools, against the better competition. Um, so that they're not overwhelmed when they get to the NFL. And usually if you're getting a guy from Alabama or Georgia or LSU, um, they they played the best of the best, so they they show up. So that's the defensive tackle position. Steve, I, I think, you know, and they, they can go a lot of ways here, and we'll get to offensive tackles and wide receiver as well. I'm just going to focus kind of on those positions, but I I think they're I think they're acknowledging that as they've done their mock drafts. And they've seen quarterbacks and others push guys down to them. Some of the offensive guards, I think, are going to go just above them. Now, Jason Light has moved up before. He he's made he's made fourteen trades in the in the NFL draft. Nine of them to move up, or thirteen trades. Nine of them to move up and four down. Um, he could go up, but he'd have to give up something uh, to do that that he probably doesn't want to uh, to get one of those offensive guards. Uh, but I think they feel comfortable with what they have on the roster right now at guard. You know, um, I think they're okay there. But we'll see. But I, I think that 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 the the, the guys that are going to show up are a defensive tackle at the bottom of that first round. I, I think that's their first priority would be defensive tackle if they can get that at twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Now, if a guard drops to you, yeah, that you got to evaluate that, it. that yeah. you have higher rated. Fine. I think you can get some depth guards later in the draft. Mm-hmm. Because I think you're fine with what you're starting with, right? Right now, and so you know you could second, third round take the offensive line there, pending a, you know a guy doesn't drop that you think should have been gone higher. Right. So I mean I think their biggest area of needs is defensive tackle and offensive line. Still need some depth at receiver, particularly because we don't know Godwin's status at the beginning of the year. Right, and you can always use defensive back help, particularly when you saw how many injuries that unit had last year. No question, um, but I don't. I, I think your 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 ideal scenario is a defensive tackle at twenty seven. Yeah, and I, I think they're kind of keeping the deck clear. Like they say, they they kept the line of communication. I mean, when when Todd Bowles was hired, and Domicon Sue tweeted like, "Hey, you're like one man. It looks like you're one man short." You know, like he wants to come back here. I believe. Well, and they probably have that intel too, knowing that if we don't get mm-hmm. a defensive tackle, we can resign we'll, Sue reach, now. We'll reach back and get him. You got to figure out the financial part of it because he's going to make more. Then maybe right. you want to spend at that position, but mm-hmm. if if you don't get the tackle you want, or the offensive guard, or a receiver, or somebody drops that you just can't resist at twenty seven, yeah, you know, then you've got Sue as that backup, which is a great position to be in. Much like 
for the tight ends this year, you know, they may know that Gronk wants to come back or will come back. Maybe not. Yeah. He may retire. I mean, we don't know his ultimate decision. But they probably have a but good idea. They have a good idea, and that can impact do we take a tight end at the second round or third round, or do we wait a little bit because we know Gronk's coming back? Or, you know, they have, mm-hmm. they know that. Same with Sue and, and Gronk. We don't. Correct. Um, I think the other position, like I said, I think these guys might go just above them is offensive guard. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two that I think the Bucks are focused on that they've had in, um, and I'm sure there's more than two, but two in the first round. Kenyon Green uh, from Texas A&M is kind of a beast. He's 6'4", 323, uh, fairly athletic. Again, you don't get hung up on 40 times, but a guy that size ran a 5'24". Um, and he started – the good thing about him, he's very versatile. He started every offensive line position except center, and I imagine he could play center if he wanted to. Um, like I said, they've got Stinney. They've got Hainsey. They, they acquired Shaq Mason from the New, New England Patriots, who will absolutely be a starter probably at right guard. Um, you know, And they lost Alex Kappa, so you have to had to replace him. Um, but it would be hard to resist this guy. He's a first-team All-American. Uh, long arms, 34 and an eighth inch arms. Started a lot of football games. I like guys coming out of college, Division One programs that played a lot, played a lot of games. He played 35 college games. And then last year alone, uh, just two pressures he allowed um, on 194 uh, pass blocks at left guard. So um, this is the premier guard probably in the draft, one of the premier guards in the draft. If he makes it down this far, the Bucks might be delighted. And again, you know, we talked about the defensive tackle position being a big need, and it certainly is. But what you wouldn't do is if you set your board and you go, you have a grade on each player, and you say, you know what, this offensive guard is just head and shoulders above this defensive tackle. It's hard to do because they play different positions, but that's your job as a, as, as a scouting staff is to – is to evaluate these guys and give them grades and set your board based on value. Um, and so if Green is is valued more than any defensive tackle and he's available on the board, and I don't think he will be, I just did a mock draft for the LA Times and he was gone, um, then then you have to take him uh, or should take him. You don't want to reach, you know, the whole thing is, is that, you know, the reason why you, you take do the work in free agency is so that you don't reach for a position as opposed uh, as, as sticking to your board and getting the best player. Um, now, it's a big lie, by the way, in the NFL. Everybody says it. We're, we're going to draft the best player available. What they really mean is they're going to draft the best player available at the position they have the biggest need. Um, so they're, they're, you know, it, when everything lines up, then you walk into the draft room and you go, yep, highest guy on our board, and he just happens to fill that position we really, really wanted. Um, so, like I said, I think they're more covered – from an experience standpoint, a depth standpoint at offensive guard. But, man, this guy would be be hard to pass up, as would Zion Johnson, um, the guard uh, slash center from Boston College. Another uh, you know, solid size guy for an interior lineman, 6'3", 312, really strong, really strong. This dude did 32 bench presses of 225. Steve, I know you and I could probably only do about what, 20 each? No, about 22, 23, you know. Okay. Well, I you know, so combined we almost have that. <laughs> um <laughs> um and then, you know, he did not allow, and this is hard to believe. He did not allow allow, I can't say allow. 
too much uh, raised baseball in my mind. He did not allow a quarterback pressure in 2021. Uh, and he just had one. This is unbelievable. He gave up just one sack in 2,288 snaps at Boston College. That's incredible, man. Literally did not give up a, just one sack in his entire college career. Um, again, another another guy that shined at the Senior Bowl. A um, lot of versatility from, from a guard center standpoint. Uh, so, you know, one of the real um, – top players so I, I you know if at 27 those two guys are gone then there's kind of a drop off at the offensive guard position so I'm not sure like for these two I think you would you would kind of be in on it a little bit um, I'm, I'm not sure how deep that guard position goes as far as the first round is um, it's possible that you know there's somebody else that they would have their eye on but uh, I think those are the elite uh, first rounders, you know, Jason Light said something the other day. He goes, "Yeah, there might only be about you know thirty first round guys you'd have for the first round grades on." Well, there's thirty two teams, so like this draft, I think it's universally accepted, uh, uh, sort of in the in the league circles that um, this draft is not stocked with elite, uh, can't miss, gotta have them players. You know, at, in the first round, its strength is that there's a ton of players that are really really good all through the first three or four rounds. Um, so it's more about uh, the quantity necessarily than the quality. There's just a lot of good players. None of them, you know, like he said, maybe 30 uh, they have first-round grades on, and fortunately for them they pick 27th. But um, that's still not to say that there's not a lot of really good players all, all the way through the draft. Um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You mentioned uh, tight end, which I think we're going to find out about Rob Gronkowski. And like I said, regardless of whether Gronk comes back or not, you have to assume that if he does, you know, Brady is a free agent after this year. If he continues playing, most likely wouldn't be for the Bucks. We've heard all the Miami rumors, et cetera. If Gronk plays, he most likely will only play with Tom Brady. Um, so regardless, you can't look at the Gronk situation. He's been year to year as something that's going to be lasting. And at the tight end, as we mentioned, they just don't have any any numbers. I mean, you know, that's one you have to sign some guys, whether it's after the draft, whether you draft them in the middle rounds, whatever. they got to come out uh, of this you know draft weekend, and there's going to be a bunch of a flurry of, of undrafted free agent signings as well. I would include in that. They've got to come out with four tight ends. You have to have at least four or five maybe to go to training camp, maybe more than that, but you're going to need those tight ends. Uh, the best tight end in this draft, which uh, is, you know, I don't know where he'll go necessarily, could be first round, is Trey McBride out of Colorado State. Um, 6'4", 246. And when I say the best, there are guys that might be better receivers. There are guys that might be better blockers. This guy's the best at both. Um, he won the Mackey Award in 2021. He looks like baby Gronk. Um, 
you know, he, he's got a passion for blocking. He's got great ball skills. Uh, he ranked ninth last year in Division 1A with 90 catches. 90 catches from the tight end position in college football. That's, that's balling. You know what I mean? And uh, Colorado State, maybe not the, the winningest program, but he played great at the Senior Bowl, um, blocked really well. So if you're talking about a tight end, a guy in the first round who's worthy of that pick, um, I think that's I think that's who you would want. And I and I've seen some mock drafts where he is available. I haven't seen him necessarily. I've seen him linked a couple times to the Bucks, but it's Trey McBride, uh, tight end out of Colorado State. And of course, like I said, they got Cam Brate, and um, you know they 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 definitely need. Uh, to upgrade that position and get younger. I mean, that's another position where you don't have, you know, Ale- I mean, you, you, you ended up, you know, having to to rebuild the tight end position a little bit because O.J. Howard, who you had for five years, has moved on to Buffalo, and he's not a guy that you're going to have a long-term relationship with. So, um, you know, that's sort of the situation you're in. You, you, you've got to fortify that position. Uh Wide receiver is really interesting to me. And I say it again because of who the quarterback is. You know, if you really analyze it last year, um, and and Tom Brady made mention of this in the ESPN article the other day. He did an interview really presumably about his his um, clothing line for golf. But he talked about how we got to get better in, in, in areas and, and – um, well, you know, we got we just got to be better. I think one of the places they got to be better, and it sounds weird when you think of the names that they have on the roster, but is receiver. And I mean in terms of depth. You know, last year they drafted Jalen Darden, and primarily to use him on special teams as a kick returner. He wasn't good. He wasn't effective. And they got very little out of him, you know, some jet sweeps. Um, they thought he'd be a deep ball threat. You know, we saw that for whatever reason, Scotty Miller – was not a factor last year. He was hurt for a while, um, but unlike the year before where at one point halfway through the season he was leading the team in receiving, he was ghosted a year ago. Uh, Tyler Johnson, huge disappointment in my opinion. Uh, you know, uh, Even though he's a middle-round pick, they had a lot of hopes that he could sort of be Godwin-like in that uh, physical guy, could do some blocking if you needed him to. Um, you know, He does have good hands, didn't come into shape uh, in the training camp, which was disappointing for a guy in his second year. Um, so this is sort of a make it or break it year for Tyler Johnson, but I don't think you're counting on him. You know, I don't think you can. And in fact, a year ago, they, they tried to and they couldn't. And, and that's how you get guys off the practice squad like Cyril Grayson. And that's how the Brashard Perrimans come in off the street. A guy that was here in 2019 then went to the Jets and went to the Lions uh, and was back on the street. They brought him in here, and he almost immediately took over that slot position for Godwin when Godwin was out and was blocking, uh, You know, had a game-winning catch, obviously, uh, against the Buffalo Bills. When those guys come off the street and can do that, it doesn't say much about the guys on your roster. It really doesn't. It's disappointing. Um, and so with Godwin's status up in the air, okay, we haven't seen the schedule come out, but we know who's on it, right? Kansas City is on it, um, you know, uh, a ton of uh, you know, a ton of great quarterbacks obviously are on that schedule, uh, especially from the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, 
Um, you can go down the list. I mean, they they got some tough matchups um, on, on both sides, both conferences. They play the Rams again. Uh, and, and so, you know, you're, what if week one the schedule comes out and you're playing the L.A. Rams at home? And the L.A. Rams might be the team that, you know, you're going to go up against for home field advantage in the NFC. But Godwin isn't ready, okay? And, you know, sure, you know, you're pretty happy with what you have in Mike Evans. Um, you know, you, you can line up and you can play and, and be okay. But wouldn't it be great to get one of these dynamic receivers like a Traylon Burks from Arkansas? I'm looking at you. Um, he's one of those guys that could be a first-round worthy. 6'2", 225. That's a big man who ran a four five five at the combine. Uh, that's Mike Evans, you know, uh, uh, maybe an inch shorter, but like that's that's the dude. Sixty six catches, eleven hundred and four yards, um, kind of a deep threat, and so you know he could still be there. Uh, he was Arkansas's top receiver the last three years. Had a big game against Alabama, which you like to see guys, okay, who, how'd they do against the top competition? Well, he had eight catches for 179 and two touchdowns against Alabama. You know, uh, not great combine numbers, uh, but a really, really good player. The most interesting guy for me, um, as far as the Bucks go, and I'm not sure they're going to draft him, but they really, really like him. Uh, and that's a kid from Plant High School right here in uh, Tampa. Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Joy Knight wrote about him in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times. If you didn't see the story, you need to read it. It's terrific. This dude, <laughs> this dude is 6'4", 208, but he wasn't always that big. Uh, he shot up in high school. The guy, I think, as a junior, might have been like 5'8", and like 160 pounds. And because of it, you know, he wasn't well highly recruited, um, you know, his last and, until he shot up his last senior year. And, and so, you know, he kind of goes to a mid-major in North Dakota, North Dakota State. Guy runs a 4'3", four, 6'40". Four, Absolutely flies at 6'4", 208. Okay. Um, he had 57 plays that went for 20 or more yards during his career at that Division One AA school. And when you play the lower competitions, uh, schools, what what you're looking for, like how do you compare them? Right, you're looking for did they dominate? Did they dominate that division, or were they just a guy? He dominated. Okay, the Bucks are enamored with this kid. They had him in um, as one of their local visits because he's from here. Um, and, you know, just his physical change of his body, he's still going to get bigger. So I, I just think it makes a lot of sense. And, I, and I, I say that because even though I think they have a bigger need at defensive tackle and they have a bigger need maybe at offensive guard, you could argue maybe, don't overlook the wide receiver position. Consider this too. What kind of money are guys getting at the wide receiver position? You've seen the, the salary, Steve. It's, it's astronomical. 
Yeah, when guys like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams are now getting as much money as Tom Brady's making at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it's right? resetting the market. And Debo Samuels now asked for a trade looking for yep. n- new money. Hunter Renfro wants money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these receive a Cooper Cup. Cooper um, Cup, yeah. You know, they're all looking for huge deals. Right. If you can get a receiver that can contribute early as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And then you've got them under control for four or five years, depending which round you take them. Yeah, that's huge for your team. Seeing how receiver money is has skyrocketed so now right. in this market in the NFL. Now the Bucks are paying premium dollars. I mean, well, that's the other part of it. Premium is. dollars. You got two guys in Mike Evans and, and and Chris Godwin. However, Mike Evans is in his ninth season. Mm-hmm. Ninth. Okay, how much longer is he going to be a, a, a top flight guy? And if you if you do in a year or two have to have to resign him, what is he worth? I don't know that ten year receiver is going to make that kind of money. But the point is, you're going to have to get younger at that position. I mean, Godwin is is the guy that you kind of you know roll the dice that he's going to come back from that ACL. But all those other guys I mentioned on that roster, they're not they're not game breakers, right? And so you don't want to be in the free agent market for Ty Hill. You know, you don't want to be having to purchase a a, a wide receiver. Um, you know, as a free agent, you need to draft and develop these dudes. And to Jason Light's credit, the one the one position there's been a couple, but that position he's done very very well at is is identifying wide receivers. And if you could get a guy in here, um, that has size, that's physical, that has speed, uh, like Christian Watson, and you know. Pair him up with Russell Gage, and when Godwin comes back, and Mike, because here's the thing: every year Brady has been here, they've had significant injuries at the position, right? Significant. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They signed Antonio Brown, brought him back again. Okay, then Brown gets hurt. Every year they've had guys go out, and I just look at last year. The difference to me in the Rams and the Bucks were what the Rams did to add during the season. The Bucs did it a year before and won a Super Bowl. Antonio Brown was that guy. Um, the Rams got Odell Beckham Jr., and he was that guy. Uh, you know, Now, they, they also got Von Miller, and that, that certainly helped as well. But you have to go for it. And if, the, if there's an organization that's going to go for it, it's this one. Now, you could say, well, you know, maybe they should go get a veteran or somebody like that. Well, they did. They got Gage. But what if you could add... For, for now and the future, um, a receiver that could step in and give you you know 20 plays a game, and if need be, within a couple of weeks, if you lost somebody, you've got a target with speed. You know that kind of speed at that size, dude, it's rare. It's rare. And he caught a lot of balls, you know what I mean? Um, and he's a local kid, and I know because I've talked to the coach, they, they loved him. you know they love his tape. Um, they love everything about him. So it would be a great story, obviously, if he came home. But, yeah, I think I think that's an, a name. And I do think he's going to sneak into the first round. I think his, his, his workouts were that impressive. So Christian Watson, if you follow Plan High School, you would know about him. Um, he would be a guy that I would think would be on the radar. And I don't discount tight end. I don't discount wide receiver because what does Tom Brady need right now? You know, again, it goes back to we've got one year. So whether it's Burks, whatever, 
Um, you mentioned the cornerback position. I thought that was a good a good call by you because the one thing we know, even though they've re-signed Carlton Davis, who's by far and away their best their best corner, um, both Sean Murphy Bunting and um, Jamal Dean are going to be free agents next year. Going to be really tough to get them both back. Really tough. And, you know, a couple years ago, they really focused on defensive backs. That's how you got Antoine Winfield Jr. That's how you got Mike Edwards, right? That's how you got Murphy Bunning and Dean and Carlton Davis uh, five years ago. They need to do that again because if if last year taught the Bucks anything, it's that there's just not a lot of dudes walking on the street. With all respect to Richard Sherman, who plays safety, I realize we're talking corner, uh, but for example uh, – he came in here, no off season. Was supposed to take a couple weeks to get up to speed. They played him right away. He played three games in twelve days, and his hamstring blew out. No surprise. He gave him everything he had, and he was mostly Coach Sherman after that. Uh, you don't want to be in the spot where you're pulling guys like they did last year off the street again. You, you just can't. You can't make a living doing that in the NFL. And so, even though I think Todd Bowles did a great job of coaching those guys up. And for the most part, they held up okay. Um, you really, in this league, can't have enough defensive backs. And so, of the defensive backs that are first round worthy down that late, that, that far, um, I would just give you one, Kyler Gordon, out of the University of Washington. We know uh, they've had some success, Vita Vea, with some Washington players. Um this was a guy that uh, is incredibly athletic, 42-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, a tall corner, 5'11-and-a-half, let's call him six feet, 194, um, did not allow many catches, 21 catches on just 41 targets for 243 yards and no touchdowns in 2021. Um, so I would still expect them to, to, to use their first pick on someone who can catch or block for Tom Brady. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me that they went corner here. Um, you know, so he's he's got tremendous athletic ability. He fits the Bucks mold. And your head coach is now a defensive coach. Uh, so much like the Rays anthem used to be, it's about point prevention, not accumulation. Um, I think... I think being able to stop those high potent offenses like the Packers, like the Chiefs... Um, and so forth next year, and you're going to have to do it. I, I think having another corner because it's a high-injury position is, is probably a smart way to go if it falls that way. Again, you don't want to reach. You know What they will do is they will slot all these guys, regardless of position, and say, all right, we've got three players. Maybe they're three different positions, but how do we have them ranked? right? And then you want to go with the best player. Um, but I'm here to tell you, Tom Brady's going to impact this draft. Um, I think personally that the tell is defensive tackle, that they believe that most likely the guy staring at them will be that position, and they have not signed Ndamukong Su as, as, as a sort of precursor to that belief. Um, they can still absolutely sign him. If they, they go through the draft and they don't get that guy, they call Ndamukong Su, they cough up the money. I think he already is counting $7 million of dead money on the cap anyway. Wouldn't be a big deal. You can manipulate the cap, pay him for one more year, and away you go, and hope he holds up. Um, on the other hand, if they do get him, I think it makes sense. But failing that, we've talked about just how the players are ranked. 
somebody's going to block for Brady or somebody's going to catch passes from Brady. Um, so that's sort of the way I'd rank the needs is sort of uh, the way I think it'll fall at 27. I think it'll either be um, an offensive guard, probably both will be gone uh, of the ones that are, are first-round picks, defensive tackle, and then maybe wide receiver and or tight end. Um, I think, you know, and, and with an off chance of a corner. I mean, we don't know how it will fall, and neither do the Bucks. They'll just have to, to stay true to their board and, and go from that. But that's, that's sort of the number. Those are the guys, those are the names that we've just given you that all the mock drafts we've looked at have been most, most linked to the Bucks. All these guys have had top 30 visits to the Bucks. They get to bring in 30 players, and then the, that does not count the local guys like Christian Watson from Tampa that they can also bring in. So these are guys that the Bucks have spent some time with, either at the Senior Bowl, at the Combine, or bringing them in here individually to interview. Um, so uh, I would be surprised if one of those names – uh, or possibly two, but if one of those names aren't aren't at twenty seven when uh, when they pick, all right. So the the Rays, meanwhile, they begin a series tomorrow against the Seattle Mariners at the Trop, and the Lightning are going to play their final home game. If you can believe it, the regular season coming to a close now uh, at Emily Arena against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Thanks for listening for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 